Community Players Podcast Standby. Places, please. Hosts and guests, places, please. House lights, go. Hold, please. We are holding. Welcome to Places, Please, a podcast from Community Players Theater in Beatrice, Nebraska, and the seventh episode of our miniseries, Hold, Please, where we connect with past players from around the country and throughout the organization's history. I'm Jamie Ulmer, Managing Artistic Director at the Theater. We are back this week with a new episode after taking last week off to bathe in bootleg hand sanitizer. That's kind of like bathtub gin from Prohibition Era. Anyway, this week's guest is Megan Decker. She took a break from quarantine binge-watching everything on Disney Plus to join us from Jacksonville, Alabama. Megan grew up in Beatrice and is another terrific example of the opportunities and inspiration people can find while participating in programming at Community Players. We had a really fun and heartfelt conversation. We hope you enjoy. I am joined now by Megan Decker. Megan, thank you so much for joining us today. Hello, it's great to be here. All right, so the biggest question on everyone's mind right now is, have you done that Facebook avatar thing? You know, I don't really get on Facebook. <laughs> I I get on to like like people's stuff and then I like quickly get off because it gets really sad really quickly. <laughs> yeah. So I haven't actually gotten around to do it. I don't have the app on my phone anymore. So I think it's only thing, a thing you can do through the app, right? Yeah. 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 yeah so because I was, I was seeing it. I normally access it uh, on a computer um, mm -hmm. and I was like, why can't I do this? And then right. I realized you had to do it on your phone. And, and then I had posted, I'm like, you know what, we're going to find out that uh, you gave your, all of your financial information to a Nigerian prince and exactly. your firstborn child to Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> so, you know, they can have my firstborn child. But... Right. Mine too, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now for the real question. So we are diving deep into everyone's CP origin stories. You're like a superhero. Uh, how did you first get involved with community players? Well, I just as any young uh, theater person in Beatrice does, they get their start um, in the children's theater. And I did that. My first year was in 2001. I had to look back and figure that out. But yeah, I was eight. <laughs> and that was my first show. It was Alice in Wonderland. But my first uh, regular season show as CP wasn't until I was in middle school. And that was best Christmas pageant ever which was oh. so fun because we had fake snow that we got to throw around. That's yes. the only thing I remember about it was that we threw around <laughs> fake snow. Um, but yeah, but really I acted in or helped out in the booth pretty regularly until I graduated high school in 2011. And But my last show with CP was in 2014 with Les Mis. So, I was trying to remember yeah. what your last show was. Yeah, that, that was it. I did a couple young adult theater productions, but really, no, um, my last yeah, CP show was Les Mis. And I have to say, that was like probably the best show to end on, really, <laughs> because it was such a great, great show with a great cast. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, that was that's, um, you know, directors don't have favorite shows no, just like parents don't have favorite children <laughs> um but you know that would probably be that's definitely in my top 10 list of uh mm -hmm. shows that we've produced here over the years yeah it was an amazing cast oh yeah just so good so just that talent in the men oh my goodness yeah 
<laughs> like, I still think they're better than the Broadway cast, uh, Josh and uh, uh, Jeff. They're just so yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, the, we couldn't have asked for better no, for better guys really. there. Yeah, just all around. Um, so you were, like you said, you were really involved in the theater while you were here. What did it mm -hmm. mean to you to have a place like Community Players to be involved with while you were growing up in Beatrice? I wrote a paragraph about this, Jamie. Like, ah. like it was an essay for high school. And I am going to be as cliche as possible. Go and I don't it. even care. Um, it was such a home for me. Like, if, like for everyone. I mean, we all got what we wanted out of CP. And I think that that what each of us got out of it, who've been talking about CP and what it means to them, um, really just falls around the same thing. Just how important it was to our development as performers. I can't tell you how much I learned from you guys. That really helped me out in college. I was the only music performance major who could take a part of Fresno Light. Like that was <laughs> that was it. Um, but you guys really just helped me out in in so many ways. Uh, most importantly, though, you just gave me a place to explore my talents and create with people who are just like me. You know, I think any performer can say they grew up with you know, with maybe people who didn't quite understand them or, or weren't exactly like them. And then they found that that place in theater where everybody who was just like them came together and they got to really be together. And, you know, I really think that that was the most important thing about growing up was just having this community. Um, but yeah, like you, you just, you fostered, you all did, fostered so much performance growth um, that I know I would not be where I am now without you guys. So really, you guys are super important. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, well, no problem. Well, and, you know, you were, I, as I was getting ready for this interview, I was kind of thinking about the times um, while, while you were here. And you were really part of a, a group of, of students growing up who really did take advantage of uh, everything that the theater had to offer for mm -hmm. you guys. Um, you guys, there was just a, that whole collection of you guys who, who, you know, you guys were involved as often as you could be, not oh, yeah. only as performers, but like you said, you know, being backstage, um, stage managing, taking, doing light hangs, mm -hmm. running the light boards. Um, that's a, you guys really did take full advantage of everything that we were giving you guys. Oh, absolutely. Well, and I have to say, I went to college with a lot of people who seem very prepared for, you know, the theater world from their high school experiences. But I can't tell you how many stage managers, their first stage manager experience was in college. And right, I mean, I wasn't right. even trying to be a stage manager, but I'm like, I did that when I was a junior. <laughs> yeah, not to be like, <laughs> you know, high and mighty, but, yeah. <laughs> but you know, you guys really did just let us do everything. You trusted us way more than you should have. But I think that, <laughs> well, that's yeah. that's <laughs> probably true. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. But I think that trust really led us to do these things and become so, I'm not necessarily, I don't want, I don't want to say I'm the ultimate like pinnacle of success in theater. Cause I'm definitely not. Um, but you gave us those tools to be successful at a young age. And we, I feel like we're better off now because of that. And we wouldn't have gotten that anywhere else. You guys were great. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so now, you know, if you had to think of one show or, or a moment or something uh, that best summarizes your experiences at Community Players, what would that be? You know, I had so much fun in CP because I got to be in some of the best ensembles 
that I think you ever really could be. Like you, um, I have to say, I, I have done a lot of other stuff with a lot of other community theaters. And really, I don't think, I think we underestimate the value of an ensemble because man, we had some really good ensembles, just really good voices all around growing up. And I felt like we were able to really just work well with one another and be dynamic. So a lot of um, what I loved about CP was just being in that in that ensemble. And honestly, Hello Dolly was my favorite ensemble to be a part of. I got to wear a pretty dress. I got to sing ridiculously high and like annoy Elena. She was so mad at me because I would just sing high D's over and over again. And she'd be like, why are you doing this to me? Um, and then we would just like hang out in the basement between chorus numbers and do all of the things you told us not to do. And really, <laughs> you know, that embodies the majority of my time growing up with CP. <laughs> We're doing all the things that I told you not Absolutely. to do back Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> we would pretend to be Gene downstairs and we would like have like uh, full blown, like, yeah, it was, the show was downstairs. You guys were missing yeah. out up there. <laughs> um, well, there, there was, I really love the fact that you mentioned um, ensembles <laughs> and that's, that's something that I personally feel is so important that... Uh, and something that we've really concentrated on with our, especially with our big productions, is that the ensemble is just as key and important of a character as the leads. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. And, and you know, I, I really firmly believe that um, you can have a, a great lead, but if your ensemble is terrible, then the show as a whole isn't great. Yeah, really. It's It's about the ensemble. It's about making a show realistic as possible. So... Yeah, it's it's all about the entire the entire package, one hundred percent. And yeah. that's what I liked about CP is the fact that you know you guys put as much work into the ensemble as you did to the leads. I feel like we never got pushed to the side. We never were like, okay, you guys are fine now. We'll we'll see a you know come performance time. No, you <laughs> you made us you know a part of the show. You made us uh, you know just as important, and you you allowed us to create characters and backstories. Um, which I really appreciate it. I sometimes we don't get that in other in other programs. So that's another thing mm -hmm. you guys are doing really well. Yeah. Well, and and one of the cliche things that I will tell um, big ensembles is that uh, assume that someone is always watching you. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know that that there is someone out in the audience who thinks you are the hottest person in the <laughs> cast, and they are going to watch you every moment. Hired. Yep. <laughs> so perform for that stalker. Uh, <laughs> um, so is there uh, a show or role or program that you would have liked to have done while you were here, but maybe didn't get the chance to do? There, there are so many things that um, I wanted to do, but I feel like really what I've wanted to do most have been things that I can't do because I'm not around you guys. Um, it's been, it's been you like, you want to play Tevia and Fiddler on the Roof, I right? I want That's... that so much. I want to go back to when you did that, what, back in the nineties yeah. <laughs> and yeah, be yeah. your Tevia. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, actually just, uh, really in the past six years, you guys have done some really cool shows that I'm really sad I missed out on. Um, especially our guys' Hunchback. I would have loved to have been a part of that. Um, I, I got to be in Hunchback in Alabama last year. Well, I was just going to say, you, yeah. you, you did Hunchback, I and did I was going to talk I, about that. Yes, yes. Well, well, and I did it, but I really would have loved to be able just to do it with you guys, too, only because I want to do that show again. I just love that show so much. 
It, um, it is a really a gorgeous show. Yeah. Oh, it's lovely. And it just the story, but the music and the, you know, you can do so much with the scenery or you can do so little with the scenery and just make it so lovely. It's, it's really just a great production. More people should do it. Yeah. Very, yeah. very good. It's, yeah. it's, it's a challenging show, like immensely challenging, mm -hmm. but, uh, but yeah, so rewarding of a oh, show. Oh, so, so good. And just like the, the I, I have to talk about our production just a little bit. I'm so sorry. Just no, you know, go for it. This is, <laughs> hey, like I said, there are no rules here. <laughs> I know. I just, I'm like, I want a conversation, not talk about everything I'm doing. Um, but yeah. our, our hunchback, our director was also our, our quasi. So he really had a, a huge hand in um, making the emotion of the show really come out, not only as a director, but seeing it come out as the actor it was really um, kind of interesting to play off of. I know you as a director also have done a couple shows where you have, um, you know, been both the director and the lead. And so you know how difficult that can be. But really, yeah. I think uh, just how much emotion that show carried for the entire cast. I mean, we would end the show just all of us crying, you know, snot dripping, you know, great, <laughs> lovely stuff. Um, and it was just it was that poignant to us. It was just it was just so uh, real. And so I was just wondering if that was kind of something you guys had also experienced with the show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that that whole uh, finale sequence. Oh, my gosh. And, yeah. and that and just those that glorious sound mm -hmm. uh, that's that's written in the show uh, for that finale. Um, just, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it again. Just like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the Florica part that just, you know, was sung over top of everybody at the end there. And it was oh, I yeah. had to like fight back tears every night I was singing. My voice would yeah. crack and I'd be like, dang it. But I had to go through with it. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that oh, finale. That's, yeah, that's uh, that's so funny. I I hadn't realized that that was the part you had played because yes, that's yeah. the part that Elena played. I know, I know. <laughs> we, we had said we're Florica buddies when we had found yeah. we both had found out. Um, yeah, that was actually one of my favorite roles, I think. But I also got to be a gargoyle, so that was also another really fun part of it. I yeah. was I was a narrator, a gargoyle. We all kind of had like a group of like twelve where we all um, kind of split up those lead parts, very much kind of like um, like a troop would do. Um, we yeah. kind of we kind of kept to that part of the script, but um, yeah, it was just really great to be able to play so many parts, but still tell so much of the story. It felt like I was in the ensemble again, but a definite like actual role, which I, right. I think was even better. So it was, it right, was yeah. really nice. Yeah, and that's the way we we did it as well. Oh, great! And and it was. And I think that was part of the power of the piece. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, so what have you been doing uh, <laughs> to keep yourself sane during quarantine? I, I have lost all sense of my personal sanity. Um, <laughs> Jeannie, I don't know who I am anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am. I'm an outdoors person. I, I sit outside now. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't recall you being that no, much of a... No, I, I hate the outdoors. <laughs> we go on walks. My fiancé taught me how to play Frisbee, so I could add that to my resume. Um, <laughs> we have watched through all the Marvels and Star Wars movies. We're trying to get through all the Disney animated movies chronologically. We're oh in my 1996. Gosh. <laughs> Um, yeah, we stopped. We're actually on Hunchback right now. Uh, ironically enough, we, we don't want to go through the emotions quite yet. So right, yeah, we've no, kind no, of, no. We, yeah. we've taken a break. <laughs> um, but uh, honestly, I've been actually super fortunate to still be able to work. Um, I'm doing all of my uh, voice coachings and instructions that I would be doing in person. I've transitioned to FaceTime. So I have a little office set up with my piano and I annoy all my neighbors 
by singing way too loud. <laughs> and but yeah, so I've I've we've done enough. We've kept busy with hobbies, but uh, work has definitely still been around. So yeah, well, that's a great transition. That's a great transition, though. Let's talk about what you are doing now, because, you know, one of the purposes of this podcast is to <laughs> update kind of people on where are they now? Right, um, yeah. You've you've remained very active. We've already talked a little bit about the, your music and theater involvement, but uh, talk about some of the things that you've been doing. Obviously, you're teaching voice lessons. Well, first of all, where are you? Uh, where am I? Um, I am in Jacksonville, Alabama. What was your journey to get there? Um, well, uh, I, I'm just going to say I'll just start right at the very beginning because it's a very good place to start. Um, mm -hmm. I got my BA in music and theater from UNK in 2015. Um, I mainly focused on opera during that time. but I So I went to Mizzou for grad school and did opera performance down there. And really that led me um, into teaching and performing. I got to become a private instructor through an assistantship and really fell in love with that aspect. So I really knew that that's what I wanted to take with me wherever I ended up. And I didn't really have a place where I wanted to go. Um, I didn't want to stay in Columbia. And I knew that if I went back to Nebraska, I, I don't know exactly, you know, what there was for me there at that time. Now I'm kind of missing it. So I don't <laughs> think that I think I'm too good for Nebraska. But um, yeah, at the time, I was like, I don't really think home is where I want to go yet. Um, I had met Matt is my fiance, and he is from Georgia. And he goes to school in Jacksonville and he's a couple years younger than I am and he's getting his music ed degree. So I thought, you know, I have nowhere else to go. So I might as well just go to Alabama and try that out. So I came down here immediately regretted it and oh, thought, no. why didn't you go to Chicago? <laughs> why didn't you go to New York? You have friends out there. You could have gone anywhere. Why did you go here? Well, it was ended up being a really great place for me because I got to explore a lot of awesome performance avenues. Um, Took me a while, but I finally found a community theater down here I like. Um, they are, I wouldn't call them a repertory theater yet, but they're, they're, they're pretty new in their company. They're, it's only about a five or 10 year old company, really. And so it's um, kind of just still getting off the ground, but they do a lot of community performances that are um, pretty high quality. Uh, I, mm -hmm. if I have to, if I have to say so myself, they've, you know, they've had their, their flops, but a lot of their big stuff like Les Mis has been pretty good. And so I thought, well, you know, I might as well go and try them out and see if they'll take me. I had a lot of like anxiety about it. I was like, do I really want to try to get in with a community that has basically, you know, been the same people performing together since the beginning of their, of their, you know, of their community, of their company. Right, right. And so I thought, well, I'll take the risk and I'll try it out. So I contacted them because they were doing Little Mermaid and I thought, oh my gosh, how cool would that be? And I said, hey, I'd love to try out, but I'd also really like to be your music director because it looks like you don't have one. And they said, awesome, we want you right on for the music direction. They looked at my resume and they thought, oh, she'll, she'll be good. I don't know why they thought that, um, but <laughs> they did. And so they took me on as their music director. So I got to do um, this really cool audition process where I got to audition for them, but also watch everybody else audition and be a part of that um, decision. Um, it, he was The director's really nice. His name's Cody. And he said, I really liked you for Ariel. Do you think you could do both? And I was like, as long as you think I could do both, let's do it. So they said, awesome, let's have you be Ariel and do the music direction. So I had my first ever lead 
and a musical theater production and my first ever musical direction. Music directing. Oh my gosh. All at the same time. <laughs> right out of right out of grad school and I was a little nervous. But hey, if if there was ever a show to do, Mankin is a show to do because his music is is simple but but effective. That's what I like about it. So I didn't I didn't waste uh, too much time learning the show. I already had known most of it anyway. And so it was a really great first um, step into what I now do, which is um, I am the children's theater, the characters children's theater music director for their 2020 season and their 2021 season. We did Frozen Junior, and that was my first ever conducting that I did for a major audience, which was really fun. Um, and we, um, we took Music Man to uh, the Junior Theater Festival Festival over in Atlanta. And mm. we actually won their best uh, category. I, 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 it was my first GTF, so I, I don't know exactly what their like lingo is, but they won best in, best in show, basically. And so it was very um, cool to see all my kids go on and do something so important and just um, so, I guess, rewarding. You know, it was it was really great to see that. But um, from the children's theater, I've gotten all of my private students. I have about thirty of them, and I love each and every one of them. They are all my favorite, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it's just been really nice. I, I get to perform, I get to teach on my uh, you know kind of in my own setting. I'm not much of a classroom person. I really enjoy the fact that I get to be one on one with these kids and get to help them individually. And it's a really mm-hmm. great um, challenge for me too. I really get to hone in on what each of my kid needs. And then I get to really just make a lesson plan specific to them. I don't have to adhere to anybody else. It's, it's just a really cool thing that I get to do with my degrees. So that yeah. Is, that is really awesome, Megan. Oh, good. Uh, I'm glad you think yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, you, you know, you've really done so much and uh, really taken advantage of all of the opportunities that you've been able to find. And, and also, uh, you know, I think that with you music directing, uh, and performing I, that makes that makes you a, a stronger music director as a performer just like a a really good director knows how to act oh absolutely uh, thank you for uh, saying because that. you can you can speak the lingo you you can understand mm-hmm. what it is that the performer needs because it's i sometimes say that my uh, directing approach is what do i wish a director would tell would have told me you know as an actor doing this this thing what what do i want mm-hmm. from the director um and uh, so with your experience and everything, you, you are extremely well suited to be doing that. Uh, I can't tell you how much I really appreciate you saying that. That really means a lot. And I, I really have to say, though, I, it, it's kind of a great, I don't know, confirmation that I'm doing something right. Because what, I, what <laughs> all you just said was just really, really great to kind of hear, you know, like that approach you take to, to directing is how I take to teaching. I try to tell my kids, you know. I didn't get this growing up, you know, as much as I want to give it to you right now. Like, I wish I could, you know, I wish I would have had someone like me teaching myself back then, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, only because I, I feel like I would have been able to soak in all of that information that I'm giving to my kids. I'm probably overwhelming some of my kids with all the information I'm giving them, yeah. but <laughs> I just don't want to leave any holes in their education. So I, well, you, yeah. you throw, <laughs> you throw everything at the wall and some and, of it will stick. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I, I like that advice. I'll keep doing it then. <laughs> Um, So now it's time for a segment that we call Backstage Bloopers, (laughs) where we ask our guests to share a behind-the-scenes mishap or story that can only happen in live theater. So um, do you have any fun backstage bloopers, Megan? 
Well, Elena Rennie is a piece of crap because she already <laughs> took she already took my story. I, I think there's a post floating around in some uh, Facebook volunteer group um, about you know you're supposed to introduce yourself, and she took the most embarrassing thing that happened to me. Like, how can um, you take? Uh, she should have taken something embarrassing that happened to her. I don't know exactly why she had to throw me under the bus there. But I'm going to well, tell my embarrassing story. <laughs> you tell it because because the people uh, in that Facebook group, you know, may not listen to the exactly, podcast. Exactly. You're so right. Um, well, I was so lucky to be in Something's Afoot because it was my first venture into Cockney. And I can't tell you how much I really stink at accents. Even now, <laughs> I can still not do an accent. And so you you trusted me with Cockney. And I don't know if it came out or not, but it did. However, um, when there was this part at, right during the beginning of the show that I have to go and answer the door and there's this darn rug that always got in my way. And so during the uh, Thursday night uh, preview performance of our show, I went to go get the door and I somehow tripped over nothing. There was nothing in front of me, but I tripped <laughs> and I did like a home run, like slide into the door and actually like really gave myself a horrible rug burn and couldn't walk for the rest of the performance. But, um, I basically, I didn't know what to do. It was my first time I'd ever done anything that crazy on stage and like <laughs> completely lost my, my control. And so the men had the right sense to just open the door and come in because I was not getting up. Yeah. And so they walked around me very, very slowly. I might add, I don't know how they all thought to do this at once, but it was really, really great. And all I could say was my line very, very muffled because my face was still in the carpet. Don't <laughs> muck up the carpet. <laughs> and it was, it was really bad, but <laughs> no one offered to help me up. I got myself up. And I limped over to my spot where I was supposed to be for my blocking because that's what my director told me to do. I played the rest of the scene like that. Yeah, that was that was the most embarrassing thing. I, but I have to say though, I believe that um, someone in the audience had said though that they thought that that was actually scripted and that it was meant to happen. So I guess I did something right. That's right. You sold it, especially with that line about "Don't muck up the carpet." <laughs> right. Exactly. But and I, I couldn't. I always had thought maybe I should try to recreate that for another show, and I was like, "No, Jamie would kill me," so I decided yeah. not to. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably that for the it. best. Right. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I just remember that show. I didn't you get um, eaten by the vase? I did. I got show? to slide down a vase. That was my favorite. That was one of my favorite shows. I think I got to do. Just yeah, because that's of how a really crazy fun it was. Show. Yes. Yeah. It's it's a it's a wacky show and it's not done that much anymore, oh, but it's man, such a it's fun not. little show. I, yeah. Yeah. I get this, I get the, that title and another title of another thing like it confused. And I always think, oh, someone's doing it. And then I realize, no, no one would do something's afoot, Megan. Why are you thinking yeah. that? <laughs> but no, I my favorite part of that show, actually, I remember was that um that was when uh, Chris Dunker was working for the paper, and he said that was one of the only shows he sat through because he wanted to see how it ended. And oh, I thought yeah. that was so cool. <laughs> that was that was my that was the only thing I remember from that show. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the ultimate compliment. Yes, and the right. uh, reporter who comes to take uh, uh, pictures just for the advanced story, not a review or anything, <laughs> when he actually stays to watch the whole yeah, performance. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, why not? It's free. I'm here. It's, exactly. <laughs> I just um, thought that was neat. Yeah. Well, in fact, you know, just uh, to go on with something's afoot, uh, they actually finally have a have released a cast recording of it. You're um, kidding me. Yeah, there's a That's studio crazy. cast recording that just came out like a couple months ago. 
Uh, so I haven't tracked it down yet, but uh, I intend oh, to. Oh, I love that. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, I think we had we were listening to like some bootlegged YouTube video. <laughs> oh, I don't the, even. Oh, uh, I can't remember. I don't even think my song was on it or something. And so I had to learn mine from ear. And so I really don't think it was right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but the fun things that happen. Exactly. It's the memories that count. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, um, as we are wrapping up here, is there anything else that uh, you'd like to add or messages oh, you'd like to so read to Beatrice? <laughs> oh, I miss I miss you all. <laughs> I daydream about going back for like a summer and maybe like, I don't know, helping out how I can, but I don't, I got, we got just so much stuff going on up here. So I'm hoping maybe one day I can come back for a little bit and, and be in a show, but if not until then, I guess I will see you all later. That's all I've yeah. got. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, and, and also just real quick, you were saying you're working on, I don't, were we recording when we talked about uh, the show that you're working on right now? You're not sure when you're going to be able to do it? Oh, yeah. We're, uh, our ch uh, children's theater is trying to do Moana. We were supposed to do it in May, but it got pushed back. But we're still really waiting for confirmation on even a place when where, where we're going to be able to have it. And um, there's just been a lot of studies recently about the um, negative impacts of singing in a closed yes, space. Yes, I, I, I read those studies, yeah. too. And and my my uh, my eyeballs rolled back into my head pretty hard. <laughs> I know, and there's just there's so much right now that's uncertain. So we're really just just worried about the safety of our kids, and so having a, a space to to rehearse is big right now too. But uh, we're just we're just really hoping we can make it happen. But yeah, we'll see. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, Megan, thank you so much for joining us today, and congratulations on everything that you've been doing, and uh, and just the excitement and enthusiasm that you're bringing to music and theater and the arts well i thank you so much jamie for having me i was honored honestly so i really appreciate awesome. it <laughs> once again thank you to megan for joining us and sharing her memories and talking about what she's been up to now in the arts this podcast is a production of Community Players Theatre in Beatrice, Nebraska. Be sure to follow us during this time on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube with the hashtag HoldPleaseCP. You can help keep our programming alive by going to our website, BeatriceCommunityPlayers.com, making a donation, buying CP merch, pre-ordering your 2020-2021 season tickets, or ordering a gift certificate for future productions. Thank you, and stay safe, because we want to see you again at the theatre. Please stand by, we are continuing to hold.